So uh, uh, a friend of mine, Nancy Drew, uh, came up to me and found out. Oh, I know Nancy. Uh, a, uh, she always hangs around with Frank and Joe Hardy. Yeah. Uh, and Encyclopedia Brown. Found something that was very interesting to me. I shared it with you guys mm-hmm. in the group text. AJ, maybe you'll find this interesting. A little Easter treat. A little Easter treat. So sometime between February 26th and March 7th, Local U.S. Congressman Brian Higgins lost the middle button on his suit jacket. And he keeps wearing that suit jacket with the middle <laughs> button missing. <laughs> never, and, evidently never learned how to sew. In never economics. learned how to sew. Yeah. Oh, and he only makes like $200,000 a year. There's no way uh, he could either get a new suit or get that jacket fixed. Right, yeah. Maybe um, they don't make those buttons anymore. But when you and I were looking for our Easter baskets mm-hmm. this weekend... He was looking for his missing third button. It was probably somewhere in Casnovia Park. <laughs> I mean, if you see the pictures, like, look, we've all gained some weight during the pandemic, Brian Higgins included. Mm-hmm. And so his jacket's a little too tight on him. Yeah, I get it. But like I said, son of a bitch, he, he makes like $200,000 a year. He get, You know what? Fuck it. Do it. it Go real illegal, Brian. Now, you can't use your own campaign funds to buy a suit because the feds pay attention. But... Just have, like, Chris Scanlon buy a suit with $1,000 of campaign funds for you and then give him a $1,000 donation from your campaign account. Well, what my theory is, what if the way his hair is is because he's continually looking uh, for his buttons in Casanova? Right, yeah, it's, 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 it's not, so windy there. It's not because he's cosplaying Bill Murray's character from <laughs> Kingpin. <laughs> It's because he's constantly looking for a button in Casnovia Park. That's why. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. South Buffalo Sisyphus. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe... uh, uh, but who's uh, who's the 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 r- Greek that has a bird eating his liver every single day? It, except there's there's one bird in South Buffalo that's stealing a button from Brian Higgins every single day, <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, well, that's the one. <laughs> and, and welcome to the square, the the number one pro- podcast of Brian Higgins missing button. We're like we're like true crime for that shit, right? right. You know. <laughs> yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. the missing button for the congressman. Yes, is the name of our our, our encyclopedia Brown story this week. Yes, so we uh, we just got through recording the four twenty episode, which could be an error in sequencing on yeah, <laughs> our part. Perhaps your listener, you 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 tell us uh, later on. Sound off, but no, we're doing. We got the news of the week. You know, we took uh, took the podcast bye week here, mm-hmm. and we fucked up. Usually, we record like a two minute thing letting you know that we're taking the week off we were really fucking lazy this week we but, just we just tweeted but it it, look here, i had a lot going on yeah I'm well sorry. here's the thing is that uh re and i are always lazy yes and, and it was snake's birthday so that's oh, why we took the time off well, i appreciate so that. he deserved to have i mean it's i don't say it, it was his birth it. week yes. mm-hmm. uh, we my were, octave i don't think i've explained my my concept of the octave the birthday octave on this podcast well tell tell us so i think it fall it falls into the theme of easter right in the Catholic tradition, I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I grew up Catholic. And in, in, in that tradition, uh, there are two octaves. There's one on Christmas and one on Easter. And what that is, is there's Christmas Day as you as you perceive time as a human that day. But as God perceives it, that lasts eight human days. So there's an octave of Christmas, there's an octave of Easter. And I say, why can't I have 
Now, what's and, that in dog years, by the way? Oh, we got it. In dog, uh, we got it in God that's years. That's long division, and I'm I'm too high for that. Right. Okay. Now. Anyway, but um, why can't I have an octave of my birthday? Why can't I celebrate my birthday for eight days? And so that's what I do. That's, uh, I I celebrate my birthday for one day, knowing that God is celebrating for eight days. <laughs> Well, I think it might take you seven days to recover after, right? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's, I only celebrate for one day, but it, God is celebrating for eight days because he's trying to see if I pull through. <laughs> and on the eighth day, he is risen. Right. That's right. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're, we're celebrating. Yes. We're, we're, <laughs> we're celebrating uh, the octaves now here. And, right. and we're also celebrating right. our buddy, AJ Rye. AJ What's up, man? What's up, guys? We were it's weird to reintroduce somebody that you've just been sitting in a room with for an hour plus, but you might not I hopefully if you're cool enough, you've been here since the beginning, you remember AJ. Yeah. Um from our four twenty episode, which again we will also released a separate episode from this. But AJ's gonna talk about the news here. He's gonna he's gonna yell, he's gonna get mad, or just say how silly it is. Either way. Um we have not had as silly a story. Of recent vintage as this thing with the USS the Sullivans, I mean, the boat sinking, guys. The, the, the boat sinking that uh, decorating a new artificial reef for Lake Erie. Now we've all talked through it, and we decided that us three big boys, mm-hmm. your square podcast hosts, are going to go down. We're going to put some chalk on our hands, and we're going to deadlift that thing out of the water ourselves. You down for this, AJ? You going to help us deadlift the oh, Sullivans? So in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So I got I, some uh, straps. You can you can just put it, put around the rail there, and we'll pull it up uh, up and out, and we'll be heroes. What's your deadlift uh, deadlift max? My de- my deadlift max is a little over five hundred pounds. You could you could definitely get that. We could definitely get the fucking boat out of the water with mm-hmm. that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. And, and oh, but like my only condition is that Byron Brown has to be there. <laughs> like my trainer in like a track suit with a towel around his neck and patting me on the shoulders the entire time. And wiping just, the sweat. Just, just, <laughs> right. Just, I need, Byron, I need another PBR. I, I, I'm only a few inches away. Yeah. The uh, the photos from, from the harbor were... You I definitely mean, have cigarettes in your mouth, right? Oh, the yeah. entire time, okay. right? Yeah. And that's the, that's the other thing he has to do is I, I won't carry a lighter that entire yeah, day. Yeah. I'll just... He'll just put a cigarette in my mouth and light it for me. That was one of you told me the story of they were at a NASCAR race. It was me, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, <laughs> and there the was guy, this couple. The, yeah, the guy just kept elbowing his wife the entire race, and he like she would just, she would light a cigarette in her own mouth and then put it into his mouth so he never had to take his eyes off the race. <laughs> just kept handing cigarettes, the, like an assemb- assembly line. Right, like he he had to smoke like two and a half packs of cigarettes during this one NASCAR. Oh race. my That's god. Amazing. The, yeah. fo- the photos from the harbor of the boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! The fo- the photos of from the harbor of of the boat were yeah, the poor boat. Were crazy man. I mean, survive World War Two could not survive right. whatever caustic material is still in the Buffalo River. Well, and so, um, well, Rob Galbraith has been on this that. Yeah. He's been anti-boat for quite some time. The reason being is that we're sinking a lot of taxpayer uh, can't talk today. Taxpayer funds to keep this thing afloat, mm-hmm. which offers just dry dog this shit. Fuck, yeah, it's so stupid. And then they attempt to patch it with epoxy that it can only cure in over fifty degree water. And then, of course, that's not happening right now in in middle of April mm-hmm. in Buffalo. So what, what, what they the should have done is know. drop a bunch of like toasters into the water around it to heat the water up. <laughs> okay. Oh, you mean free bath toys? Yeah, bat, yeah right. We, we've all seen the last episode of Elf, right? <laughs> 
Well, they're not paying to keep the boat afloat anymore. I mean, yeah. you know, I. It's, what do we do? Let it sink? I don't. I don't know. I, I hope they like someone's got to pay for it. It is. It is a military, or at least a former military vehicle. Why doesn't we? We've got a big Defense Department budget. Why don't they just fucking pay to do something with it? If we want to be all jingoistic and nostalgic I mean, about, I mean, look, it's a good. It, that's more days. likely to happen than any repairs to the VA. Yeah, I guess you're right. Hey, uh, but my understanding is though, like, if it does sink, like if it, it kind of right sides sides itself, so like it sinks bottom it down, mm-hmm. uh, it's taller than the water is deep there. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. So, so you're gonna have something sticking so up it, there. It'll look like like so, uh, like a periscope popping up. <laughs> it'll just become a submarine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, no one, no one around here has 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 the expendable income to like fix this shit. <laughs> right. And, and like, are people really shitting their dicks that hard to like get this fixed? I don't really give a shit. I mean, you know, I look, know. I get it. It's it's an honor um, of the sailors who file. Well, you know, sure, you know, sure. You know, I, I mean, I get that, and that part is important. Now, do I think it, does it have to be a fucking boat that gets maintained for millions of dollars to keep it up? Uh, I, I don't, they were raising like hundreds of thousands of dollars for this right. before it sank. Mm-hmm. Right. I, That's ridiculous. How much, and I'll ask you guys, how much do you feel like that that helps us stand out as any kind of like a cultural touchstone? Like AJ, do you think, you, you know, you're a, you're a traveler. More you like or to, less than a football stadium. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> do, you, do you feel like the Sullivans is like a selling point for Buffalo in any way? So like we're talking about that big old the big ship boat. down there. Down by the harbor, right? Right. That yeah. Big military. Gym. Like likely haunted. And so it's got a hole in it and it's sinking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And now big they're time. trying so people are complaining because they're they they're they're pumping out like thirteen thousand gallons of water a minute or something like that, trying to keep it from going down. Like why? it well, <laughs> yeah, that's see that's a pretty good question, is why. I, I to your point, Reed, like I don't like if somebody was here like visiting Buffalo for like six weeks. Maybe by the end, if they wanted to do something every single day, I would take them and take them to go see like the Sullivans or something like that. I would take them to Canal Side maybe a couple times before then, and if they asked what that big boat was, I would say it's not worth your time. But like after like six weeks, after like forty-two straight days of taking them out, like Jesus, like Moses in the desert, not Jesus. So, Jesus, was, so what you're actually saying is you gave up going on the Sullivans for Lent. And now you can never go on again. Right, yeah. It's, I, I, gave, I gave it up for Lent. And, uh, uh, but, like, to keep my memory there so that yeah. people thought maybe it was haunted, uh-huh. I dropped a bunch of uh, butter lambs, a bunch of <laughs> weed-laced butter lambs all across the, the deck of the, the oh, no. Sullivan's. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, so I've never taken do. anyone to see that boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been in Buffalo since 91. Um. I hope that answers the well, question. Well, I don't think you're going to answer answered, this. AJ. Right. Yeah. <laughs> question answered. Um, well, mo- moving on from the boat. Although it is fun that Buffalo has our own boat. You know, like the, the whole thing with the Ever Forward. That was really fun. Twitter thing that we all were invested in. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is fun I, to have our own little boat like, related. Like, here's my snafu. thing. Here's my thing with the Sullivan is if they get that fucker like floating again, go get it stuck in the Welland Canal so we can have more fun with it. Yes. Like, let, let, mm-hmm. let's get the Sullivans doing all kinds of stuff around West New York and Southern Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> so I've it's, taken dates to see the big giant rubber ducky, but not this, this sinking boat. Yeah. Rubber ducky doesn't sink. Right. Yeah, and he's mm. cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Love the, love that duck. <laughs> yep. 
So it in in I guess I guess the the boat thing is pretty depressing news, but this is uh, depressing in a different way. Oh, but uh, Buffalo Restaurant Culinary Institution, Black Sheep on Connecticut Street, one of the square's favorites. Yep. Yep. Closing. Uh, shutting their doors. Today was we're recording on Sunday. Today was just, Easter Sunday. Today was his last day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more sticky toffee. Jim's favorite divert, dessert in the city. Yep. No more. No more secret hamburgers. Yeah. Um, they made a hell of a Manhattan there. I know. It was. It's just a wonderful. Yeah. All around perfect. Soup to nuts. Yeah. A- Adrian and I were there last night before we went to Letterkenny, and uh, yeah, I had the sticky toffee pudding. You know, had um, I had a. Get a pierogi from there. I I can't I can't remember what I had because I was in a rush to uh, to go see Letterkenny. But yeah, it, it's an institution. I, I think that it was being the former Bistro Europa. It, it was like here is some great culinary dining um, that you wouldn't otherwise have um, options for it. But it, it seemed like it was more open, Jim. Like it seemed like it was not not to take away from Bistro Europa. I loved it. It was right across from where we lived on Elmwood there. Yeah. It was, it was awesome, but it just seemed like, Hey, this was a more accessible middle brow yet still being extremely high quality food. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, it's, I think that's, it, it became more Americanized food, right? Like I like a lot of the dishes they were serving at Bistro Europa were like, if you are in Eastern Europe, middle brow food or even low brow food, but they were so foreign to even, you know, the Polish German palace that we have in Buffalo, you know, like, because well, they were doing stuff like cassoulet, right? Like a traditional, like, rabbit stew. And, you know, that's just not something that you eat. You know, it, mm-hmm. I don't care, you know, how traditionally Polish you are. You're not eating fucking bean and rabbit. Uh, <laughs> so, like, it seemed like you know, crazy high end stuff. Uh, and, but it was, it was still, like, more hearty stuff. And, that, and that's where they kind of made their mark, right? Is that they, everything you got at, at, at Black Sheep and Bistro Europa, was stick to your ribs and rich and I mean it was always excellent, but um, they, I mean, and they 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 could make things and they did make things yeah. with a lighter touch, but like most of their entrees, like you felt like you had just been like a lumberjack for like the last two weeks. Have, had you ever tried uh, black sheep there, AJ? I've actually definitely Uber eats them a few times during this pandemic, and damn. Yeah, I'm actually very disappointed. I did not know until you just said that they they closed. It's a major bummer, dude, isn't it? Sucks so. ass, dude. Yeah. Well, and I guess I, I hope they're back. Remember all the midnight? I went to a couple of midnight masses, and what what a fucking thing that was. Yeah, that, that was what I was going to bring up. To, you familiar with the midnight, midnight mass? Uh, it, it was it, one of the most unique things that any restaurant was doing around here. Yeah. So, so uh, every every month on a Saturday night at midnight, they would have the special. Um, you know, uh, you'd have to buy a ticket for it, and they and they invite and get a guest chef in to do this special theme dinner, and it was just fucking amazing every time. It was it was a thing to do. Right, it was usually like a, a three to five course meal that started at midnight. Service started at midnight. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, uh, and it was just and it, they would bring in chefs from all over, and uh, I, I I did one actually. Um, I went to they did a uh, instead of midnight mass, they did like a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had the Zemskis there, and they did, like, all kosher stuff, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's There's not too many places in Buffalo. I would argue that a place like that or, you know, Mother's is another one that pops to mind. Like, places like that are what 
are the best kept secret of Buffalo. Like we are so spoiled with wonderful food options of every variety. And just the fact that you can get something fancy, but not like overly fancy, not pretentious, not pretend. Yeah. Fancy, but not pretentious. I think that's a good way of putting it. And it definitely accessible, accessible. So I hope I, I, a little birdie told me that they were having some issues like getting staff and, you know, retaining staff and, and, wages even as they said they offered like higher wages that they were still just having trouble keeping people um which i hope isn't the sign of things to come for the restaurant industry around here in general mm-hmm. but um yeah we'll see hopefully they I, I know they do some stuff out of cafe Godot. yeah which i went to friday for the first time uh and visited our, our friend roy yes and, and it was funny because while I was visiting there, I walked in and Greg Olmo was sitting there. Oh, no oh, kidding. Jesus, no. That's so funny. Okay. So Greg Olmo was there, and I was meeting uh, I was even meeting MCAT, who co-hosted for lunch. And so there was two women who were there. They left, and after they left, so it was just Roy, uh, Kevin, the, the, two, the owners and chefs at uh, Cafe Godot, Greg Olmo, who I know, me and MCAT. And then I hear somebody come in, and, and I hear them talking to Roy, and I was like, Sounds a lot like Nick O'Brien, another friend of the pod, uh-huh. who's the bar manager at Mr. Sizzles. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Uh, used at, to be a black sheep. Used to be a black sheep, right. yeah. Used to be the bar manager, at, at, head bartender at Black Sheep. Mm-hmm. Spends a lot of time on Connecticut Street. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I knew everybody at Godot for like an hour. That's mm-hmm. badass. So, hopefully, they pop up with something else. R.I.P. for mm-hmm. now. R.I.P. for now. Um, you know what else pops up, Ryan? What, what do we got? Well, sometimes... You have a boss. You have an employer that that just comes up and gives you a hug. That is not not a welcome hug. A hug. A hug. A hug. A, a hug. And they're they're not all former governors. Oh, they're not all no. former. They're not all Andrew. Not Cuomo. to make light of these situations. But, no, no, no. But we 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 uh, so we have local um, attorney. What, what discrimination? Discrimination attorney. attorney Lindy Corn had a new ad. And she's 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 been out uh, with ads every now and then, like past few years, right? Well, she comes right. out with a new ad. Well, and and as friend of the pod, Adam Bojack uh, tweeted out, you know, don't be fooled by the silly commercial. She's actually a great yes. discrimination rights attorney, or you know, a discrimination mm-hmm. whatever advocate mm-hmm. type of attorney. And, and this ad might be silly, but it's got everyone talking, right? So mission accomplished, right? Yeah. Sh- shall I play the ad? Yes, please. please. Okay, let me bring it up here. My client complained that her boss hugged her and squeezed her breasts, which felt sexual in nature, not like a greeting. Does this sound familiar? If so, call the law office of Lindy Korn. To be, to be clear, that is that is not a greeting. And if that happens to you, please call Lindy Korn. <laughs> right. right. Uh, look, if somebody comes up to you and grabs your breasts and says, that's just a greeting, it's not sexual in nature, they're lying. Like, don't fall for yeah, it. Don't, don't, don't listen to them. Right. That's, that's if if you do fall for it, you're probably falling for phishing emails. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Nigerian uh, prince <laughs> who you've helped out of many a jam. Who just wants to greet you. Yeah. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> Don't let him. So good. Good job with the marketing department at Lindy Corn's uh, law firm. Yeah. Got us talking. Got us talking. Uh, Ryan, we hit the uh, the snowfall record. Looks like it. I, I guess it's unofficial, but yeah, we got hammered with snow this year. Usually, it's like Rochester or Syracuse. Those dumps. But you know our be- our beautiful Buffalo had the most snowfall this year. And look, we're not meteorologists here. Okay, we don't. We're not going to tell. I don't no. give a shit about that. But no. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. What, what this, the, this, na- the national snowfall record? I should say. Right, and that includes a lot. That includes a lot of states. 
Right. You've got colder states, right? They don't get as much snow. We've got that lake right. here. Uh, do we get a championship parade? <laughs> is, or, or is that is that not possible because there's nobody for the mayor to give the key to? Because like we can't have like an anthropomorphic snowman show up. I guess you're right. I mean, not yet. Right, AJ, you moved to Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. It was in '91. Where, where were you? Where were you before? Uh Belfast, Northern Ireland. Okay, what was it like to get hit with this kind of fucking snow? Fuck. Um, yeah. Like, I remember the 90s winters. I mean, we yeah. got dumped on feet at a time. Um, a lot worse than now, I think, right? Way worse than yeah. now. I mean, it, it's it's horrible to say this, but we're, we're a bunch of little bitches about the snow that we get now, considering what we used to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys remember jumping out of the second floor of your house? Yeah. Yes. There was that much snow out there. Now you can't do that. But... Um, well, you you can, was... but uh, you, I hope you have good health insurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hope you have some evacuation insurance to get you out of your yard. He's <laughs> Cobra. Um, but yeah, no. But back then it was it was brutal, um, murderous. I mean, I remember going to get like cartons of milk in in four or five feet of snow mm-hmm. to whatever store that was open that could dig themselves out. And it was usually like a quick stop. That's not a thing anymore. Um, you know, when when we get hit now with anything more than a foot, it's like everything shuts down. Yeah, it's I I remember it was early two thousand, so it's just us. But uh, I was living in Poughkeepsie, and I came back to visit my family. And Buffalo had gotten in the course of like two days, like six and a half feet of snow. Jesus Christ! And and like like I like once I got like so far into the state, like past halfway, like all through like the Catskills and like like Binghamton and even like Johnson city, whatever area like that was no snow. And all of a sudden, like I'm taking like the three ninety up and like, and I get to like Geneseo and they're like, sorry, you have to get off here. And I was like, what? And they're like, no, no, there's you're like, you can't take the three ninety into Rochester. You, the nineties closed too. Wow. You have to get off of Geneseo. So I had to take like Geneseo and like take like Broadway, like 20 all the way in from like Geneseo. And like, Jesus. and it was just like driving through like a war zone because like yeah. there was no human activity whatsoever because there had been six feet of snow in two days. Yep. Holy fuck! I mean, there there were times back then where, and think about how well our plow guys run on clockwork. Whenever there's even like you know the chance of snow, back then driving when the snow was as high as your car. I'd like to clarify, AJ, maybe your plow guys. I live in the city of Buffalo. <laughs> not, not, that, not this year. <laughs> not, not, not where I live, but, but, but point taken. Um, Was the record snowfall an excuse or no? I don't think so. <sighs> I hope not, for Christ's oh, sake. Hell, hell if I know, man. Yeah. So moving on to the political here, mm. gentlemen. We, uh, you know, we, we get political. I say it like a dirty mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Should, should, we, should we start the political stuff with uh, Nate Watch? Oh yes. no, we'll say it. No, you are all right, fuck yeah, I think yeah. I think we should. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Let's get it. Let's, let's give the people what they want. Let's, we have to save it for the encore. We'll do dessert first, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's four twenty. It's Easter. What? It's both. Mm-hmm. We'll just say it's both. For you, listener, it's Thursday, right? So, Ray, you want to get a date watcher? We got oh a, yeah, we, yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were. I thought we you were. Got, doing, well, no. we have a couple, right? We have, so, so because we took a break last we're week, backed up. We, we, yeah, we're backed up with Nate. Um, so. Well, I just got one. For, hey, first off, just got one hot off the presses from friend of the pod uh, in our Discord, resident capitalist, whoever they may be. Uh, Nate McMurray uh, Heater from 417, uh, 2022, which is, of course, today. If men got pregnant, you could get an abortion at the gas station or 7 Eleven. You know it. Don't get mad. You know it. 
which, okay, it's a reasonable enough point. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, I, I think his use of you know it. We know the only man that, man that ever got pregnant was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. That's true. In, in a criminally underrated comedy movie. For sure. Right. Yep. When he was a, a, a human seahorse. <clears throat> yes. But the Nate McMurray... <laughs> The, the Nate McMurray tweet uh, that really has got the needle moving here uh, as of a couple weeks ago. And I I don't want us to forget this because, my God, it was so goddamn funny. <laughs> uh, it was the one about uh, the, what was it, the hug and kiss the Bills? Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Josh, hug and kiss Josh Allen. Oh, I get oh, it. Here right. it is. Here it is. I get it. Every single white dude in his 30s or 40s in Buffalo, you love Josh Allen. You wish you were Josh Allen. You want to give him a big kiss. <laughs> do you go ahead Whoa. but don't tell me giving people billions of dollars free to the pagulas is a good idea it ain't don't be a sucker <laughs> well, he's right about that but it's, it's, it, unfortunately it's too late it, it ain't don't be a sucker don't Jesus. be a sucker what kind of tweeting voice do you fucking have bro <laughs> Oh man! Well, he's one of those people who wanted the downtown stadium, right? I think so. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. very adamant, like which and whatever. If he, he was, where he was like, if you're going to spend the money, don't make a mistake. Uh, another generational mistake. Put it downtown. Mm-hmm. There are arguments to be had for that, like accessibility, but there's also displacement, right? But yeah, there's displacement. So. There's uh, the accessibility. Sure, um, the, all the counter arguments that stadiums don't bring economic activity. Wouldn't be any different if it was downtown. No, wouldn't it's, be. You know, like, uh, it, what, especially, like, like it, th- this is true of all sports stadiums, as we talked about, but, like, football stadiums are the worst offenders because they're used the least. Right. You know, the, the football stadium's been open for almost 50 years, and there's been 40 concerts there. So people who say, like, oh, they'll have concerts there, it's, uh, yeah, it's, bullshit. that's bullshit. Like, and most of those concerts were in the 70s and 80s when people used to go to right. 80,000 stadiums. You had acts that, that were big enough to attract Right, right. right. The, the Rolling Stones were, like, I mean, I know theoretically they're still alive, but, like, mm-hmm. they, like they were actually active. Mostly. Right. You know, they were big deals. The Grateful Dead, you know, were, actually, were around, you know, things that would actually draw 70,000, 80,000 people. Plus, concert tickets weren't $7,000 a piece. That's true. Yeah, no, it's uh, whatever. It's it's a good enough point by by Nate, I guess. Um, What's this other tweet, though? Well, yeah. this one, so this other one was today. Um, okay. I'll, I'll read this one here. Yeah, let's, let's let it read. And this is, this is, other than his his take about wrestling recently, <laughs> yeah. this, he's really kind of on a roll for me here, yeah, uh, okay. Nate McMurray. Yeah, I mean, do, you fo- do you follow this guy, AJ, Nate no, McMurray? No, I kind of want to now. All right, so to bring you up to speed. He's an epic poster. Epic yeah. poster. Pure epic poster. Epic poster. He ran for Congress three times against hilariously corrupt Republican candidates and lost. Um, and he is just like the super lib poster. Yeah. Now and yeah. it's what, it's an what, art form, really. What, and and a lot of his tweets come back to he's mad that he was fired as a corporate attorney, <laughs> right? Right. Although right. you know he's but he's back at he's it. He's back again. at I mean, it. He, he's employed. This sounds great. But uh, so again, this is a a three time congressional candidate just talking to us about how much we all want to love and kiss and uh, squeeze Josh Allen on the lips. Right. What? what, what meanwhile, a, a different tweet that he's not going to read right now, but that also came out in the last two weeks was when he posted a picture of himself like flexing in the in the mirror. That's that's right. Wearing a LeBron or no a Kobe Bryant jersey. Kobe Bryant. 
uh, about like how he wants Kobe Bryant. Like I don't, I don't. He's like, got the guns, baby. He, uh, he, we he, mentioned the guns on, a, on a, uh, the last episode, I think. Yeah. And guess what? It's, the he, guns came he's out. He's showing off the guns now. This close to Easter, I don't know if he thinks that Kobe's Jesus and he's going to come out of a cave and like. Which I it. wish Kobe would. I right? Yeah. It's, uh, maybe the Lakers would have made the playoffs this year. Though. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no. So if if you haven't seen that picture yet, listener, please get your way over to Nate McMurray's Twitter feed. But uh, he might have been he might have been dancing around the house in that Kobe jersey uh, to the following here. So earlier today, happy, uh, happy Easter, Passover, Ramadan, all of it. All of it. Yes. If aliens come and ask me for proof that humans are worth saving, I'll share this video. Unironically, one of the best things ever. Was it John Lennon's Imagine? Jim? Was it uh, the Crying Native commercial from the 70s? Ooh. It was it, actually an Italian guy. Right, yeah, right. right. Yeah. AJ, if you had to guess what uh, three-time congressional candidate Nate McMurray <laughs> felt so appropriate to share as one of the uh, highlights of human creation, um, what, what video do you think he shared? Crazy Frog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy frog. Right, Whitney Houston's "I Want to Dance with Somebody" official video. <laughs> That's on. I think. That, I think they. I think they sent that over on Voyager too. Didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to give them a lot of respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, and look. I mean, we talk about Nate at this point. Uh, we would say he's private citizen, but he'll always like kind of rumble up and say, "Well, I might run for something again." So te- technically, it's news, and we have to keep track of it. Right. So and that should be the video he should run with. Right. I'd vote for. I would. De- all right. At this point, I'm like, I- I'm over. I've jumped. Not jumped the shark. I can't. I can't even think of the the phrase. But I, I am into Nate McMurray, so I would vote right, for it's, him. It's it's you're, it, you're a stan. What what's happened is it's that the sideshow Bob stamp, stepping on a rake joke, <laughs> where like. You were into him, and then you're like, all right, this is tedious, and now you're back into him. <laughs> Going, ooh, every time, every time I read one of his tweets. <laughs> so I would vote for Nate, and, uh, you know, I mean, it would be nice to have our own post and congressman someday. So mm-hmm. God love you, Nate. That's, I, I just, if, if he challenged it like a big-time, well-heeled like Democrat to a primary— and his announcement video was, "I want to dance with somebody." <laughs> like, I like one hundred percent. I would, I would endorse that's a, that's him. It's a great fucking ah. song. Okay, oh, it's a perfect song. Oh my god, it just, it's just amazing thing for a three-time congressional. I mean, candidate. it's right up there with Lionel Richie's "Hello," right? Is <laughs> it me you're looking for? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, all right. That's that's a good way to ease our way into the political stuff here, Jim. Because we got to be a little serious. We got to put our you know, serious political analyst caps on a bit here. So friend of the pod, Jeff Kelly in the investigative post had an article out just this past week titled progressives take a pass. Um, let me pull the article back up. For, yeah. Progressives take a pass. Activists marched two summers ago and rallied around India Walton's campaign last year, but they're sitting out contests for democratic committee seats, a path to political power now, jim let's start here you've been somebody who's been banging the gong of committee seats for a long time yeah i mean it's it is how you get political power now what it seems to be is that the progressives are just saying fuck the democratic party i don't know exactly what their plan is for then actually being engaged and, and trying to exert any kind of political power is but 
it's it is how you gain power in the Democratic Party, and you know I was discussing this with or some either people. party, right? Well, either party is committee seats. because the Republican Party has been their, their base has been doing this for decades, at right? This point. Well, that, yeah, that, so that, I was discussing with somebody this week at, who's. Yeah, on the leftists, and they were like, well, we, I have been trying to organize, and we have been trying to organize for a couple of years, and we got nothing. And I was like, but you guys have gone after, like, essentially, like, a Bass Pro deal of getting politics. It's like, you've gone for big wins that look fancy, but you're not doing the actual hard work. I was like, like if you want to, like, you know, the Republican Party nationally has done a lot of stuff where, like, they ran at, like, the town and local level and mm-hmm. county level to get stuff and to get, especially, like, the Cook Brothers and, like, insane people investing in these, like, you know, they, the Cook Brothers gave money in, like, the town of Clarence. So they could make Clarence, like, Clarence was at one point in the early 90s or mid-90s, like, red, but, like, starting to become more purple. And they're like, no, 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 we have to stop this. Mm-hmm. And so they've gone out of their way to win and develop strength. The Tea Party the and the alt-right in the Republican Party has done the same thing, and they've been doing it for like 10 to 15 years where now they, they're the dominant voice. Locally, even in the Democratic Party, like a group like Grassroots, which we think of as being like fairly, you know, not, maybe not dominant, but like has quite a bit of influence. I mean, the mayor is part of Grassroots. Crystal People Stokes is part of Grassroots. So the, the, the mayor and assembly majority leader are part of your organization. It took them seven years to get their first elected official. Mm -hmm. Their first time that they ran committee seats, I think they got 16 committee seats in the entire city of Buffalo where there was like 700. It's a slog, but there are people on the left who are disengaged. They don't don't think this is a... The, the right avenue, and you're and you're saying like you, you have to go through this process. I, 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 but 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 there are people uh, on the left who would disagree with. Look, you, I right? mean, look, look, look. We're no, we're no fans of Jeremy Zellner here, right. right? Like we we bang on him fairly regularly for being fucking incompetent for the most part. But there are people who would argue that you keep voting and voting, nothing ever changes. Well, f- sure, sure. Right. So. But oh no, I just want to jump in on this because. I think that the progressive, the leftist, socialist, whatever you want to call them in Buffalo and Western New York, I think especially after this election with India Walton, the danger comes with the self-fulfilling pro- uh, prophecy, meaning, oh, India Walton was never going to win against the party infrastructure here in Western New York. Um, you know, progressives, we have the traditional means are always going to be shut down to us. And so with that mindset, again, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where you won't seek out to be part of the Democratic Committee Mm -hmm. because you feel as though it's already been shut down to you no matter what you do. But if you're not running in the fucking committee races or you're not encouraging your friends who are like-minded to do so, well, guess what happens? Well, and and like this is a definitely local to Buffalo thing that's going on with the leftists because you have members of DSA leftists downstate who are members of the state assembly and state legislature and members of the city com- city council down there because they've been leftists down there have been active, including on making sure that they're getting involved in the committee and making sure they're getting their voices heard. Like, yeah, like leftists are now saying like, well, we voted for two straight years or four straight years or fuck. Like we voted in the Bernie primary six years ago are saying like, we're not being heard. You again, you have to think of like back to like grassroots or, you know, which was at the time when it started for essentially younger black leaders in the east side of Buffalo who weren't being listened to by the older blacks who had political power, so they wanted to have a a more diverse voice. Like I said, they didn't win anything for seven years. So, like, their voice wasn't being heard either. 
have a fucking spine and actually put some work into it. If you think it's going to happen to you in two years, that is the type of thing where you're so entitled that when Republicans say that you're an entitled person, they're actually correct. Yeah, it takes a long time to win political power. I mean, if if you think you're going to overthrow the political the entire government, because that's basically what is like the attitude that I got from the leftists that Jeff quoted in the article is that they think there's just like a giant fucking revolution coming. Well, if you think that's actually coming, it's not coming. Fine, go ahead. Then don't get involved. But then don't complain about like how nobody listens to you because if you disengage from the political process, then of course nobody's going to listen to you. And what you're doing is disengaging. You have. Uh, really basically two years between the presidential races and in the build up for Bernie and then and Bernie and and AOC and you know uh, leftist leaders coming here and supporting mm-hmm. India Walton you have a lot so, of great so, effort a great momentum to build to take over a fair amount and actually so you're saying your there's, voice heard. there's still political means to get to get the, to attain these goals that they want right the, the, hopefully hopefully like you know more more equity uh, Medicare for all that type of thing. Yes, a, there, but but I think people are expecting a physical revolution. It, yeah, which they're either expecting a physical. Look at, revolution. look at the population. It might be popular on Twitter. That's not real life. But it, they're either expecting like a, an actual revolution, or like I said, they've they've been aiming for like silver bullet things instead of actually putting the grunt work in and get and building an actual base. Like like all these people are generally community organizers. They understand that the way you build a strong community organization and a strong nonprofit is you build a strong base. You get a lot of buy-in from the community, and you go up from there. And for some reason, they think politics works different, and I don't understand that. Well, and. The thing is that I think a lot of these people, just based on what I read in the article and what I know of, you know, again, progressive left here in Buffalo, I, I, I don't live in other cities, so I don't know if it's the same there, but I'm just going to assume that, you know, it's not just a Buffalo problem, but it, it could be. You spurn the machinations of political power that we have. So, all right, the elections are rigged. Um, you know, the committee seats are, are rigged or whatever. And, and you you believe that and you then just because you you view them to be corrupt the the levers of power you think they're illegitimate how do you think you're ever going to achieve any kind of political power but to go for those levers like you said right it's not I mean hey you're waiting for the revolution God love you man you know I I don't think oh, our society. I think, I think our, our podcast is ready for the revolution if it were to come we're ready for it is right. it gonna happen? I don't think so. I, I, what I'm, uh, what fuck me, man. What I'm saying is, if you care enough about it, you'll do it. You know what I mean? Like you will. Hey, if Medicare for all is so important, and I believe it is, by the way, I'm, yes. I'm a big believer in that. But if you think it's so important, then you're gonna sit through the fucking shitty, awful committees, and and run in those races, and eventually attain political power because it is something that is that important. Well, and and look at what the other side has done. Yes. Like the insane far right, the neo-Nazis who are taking over the Republican Party or have already taken over the Republican Party in this country. Like they they are like, well, we're our voice, our insane voice isn't being heard. Uh, people are being too good to trans people and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like we're teaching kids about slavery and, and that people should be allowed to be whatever they want and we're not you know we're not forcing abortions on people and they're like well they did they did they did, they did shoot for the moon it didn't work so they gathered up and they said okay we'll, we'll just take over a fucking political party we'll grab individual levels of power where we can grab them and start to build a base and start to build an actual movement and we'll take over everything and you saw like in 
2016, the like mainstream Republicans who are you know analogous in the Democratic Party to your Joe Bidens and your and Nancy Pelosi's did everything they could to prevent Trump from winning that primary. Like they 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 just they kept endorsing somebody else, and that person ended up having to keep dropping out after Trump embarrassed them because they thought, well, we have control of the the main, the top levels of power, we must have control of the entire party, and they didn't at that point. They had let everything mm-hmm. run away, and the monster was you know eating the baby, as it were. And like, if you want to, if you want to be that monster on the left and and get the political party, then you need to build that base. Like, you can't just, like, I don't know, you, you can't assume, like, well, we ran what we thought was the best candidate, so therefore, like, you know, we should have a, a say. Like, if you're, if you're not actively still involved and you're not actively seeking the individual levels of power, nobody's going to pay attention to you. And you're, you're going to end up abandoning your allies in government and leaving them hanging because then the, then the leaders in the Democratic Party who might listen to you, your coalition partners, basically. And that's the, the Democratic Party needs to be viewed as like a coalition and not just a, you know some sort of homogenous entity. But you're going to end up abandoning AOCs or like in the assembly, like Zora Memdani, who's like the chair of DSA down there. Like, you know, you, like he's not pure enough for you. Like clearly, like there are victories to be had. But I don't I don't know. Well, and listen, if you think if you think your ideas are so radical that, you know, these things would never happen under capitalism, if that's the big intention, I've got news for you. Uh, shit like the Florida don't say gay laws is pretty bad for capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Like shit like these anti-abortion laws that get passed regularly are pretty bad for capitalism. Um, just because you think your idea is so pure and pristine that the bad guys, you know, the, the evil power brokers would never allow them to be passed. Um, they're already getting passed. Like there are things that are just actively evil and harmful. The anti-trans bills all over the country that again, I would argue are pretty bad for capitalism. They, they, you know, basically like it puts the bigoted stamp on what we're defending capitalism. Well, it is whatever. My point is you can't say, my ideas are such a threat to capitalism that the capitalist system would not allow them when a capitalist system's already allowing a bunch of shit that is harmful to itself. So I don't know. I, whatever it's, it's something where I I hope. Well, what what about a third political party? We talked a few weeks ago about, about potentially the working families party saying, Oh, we don't want the Democrats involved. But it sounds like there potentially might be the other way around. Right, yeah. So right? So, yeah, so it, well, there's two things about third party. So yeah. Working Families Party looks like it, it it was probably actually that the a, lo- a bunch of local Dems, and again, this is a pissing match to, to a certain extent here that's mostly local, although it extended a little bit more upstate, um, where they're like, we don't, we, we don't need you. We don't want you to be part of our campaign. And, and you had a various members of the assembly doing it. Um, this, you know, these are Democratic assembly members Democratic saying assembly this members, to the working families. Tell, yeah, basically telling the working families to go pound salt. Right. Um, you know, and so the working families party was the one, you know, especially through India Walton, uh, came out on like social media kind of you know, saying that well, we don't need to work with you either. Um, and... But that was all we were hearing. The Democrats were right, surprisingly right. tight-lipped. So about our, it. our perception at the so time, so it was, was that like the Working Families Party was like, like 
shitting on an opportunity to wag the dog. And we were like, look, you know, this is how the conservative party has not only existed for a long time, but gained a lot of power in New York state um, is by working with the Republican party and then occasionally sticking out on their own and endorsing somebody on their own, which the you know, working families has, you know, has Giovanni Williams for governor this right, year. Right. Uh, but no, it looks like, it looks like actually it was like ECDC and, and local Dems uh, throwing a fit that the Working Families Party dare challenge them in last mm-hmm. year's mayoral election. Yeah. Um, and it dare threaten that you know, that there would be leftists evol- involved. Now, I don't think this means that, like, whether Jay Jacobs and, Kine- and uh, Kathy Hochul would like it to mean that they could kill the uh, Working Families Party. Now, the Working Families Party did start in New York basically supported by the Democratic Party as an alternative to the conservative party because we do have fusion voting and giving it an alternate line to vote for Democrats on. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where it kind of got away from the mainstream Democrats and they don't have the influence on it that they used to have. Mm-hmm. It's become an actual party. It has its own views and goals. And it is starting to do a lot of, or a little wagging the dog like the conservative party does in New York State. However, since 98... The Working Families Party has expanded. It's in like 13 states now. Yeah. It's not yes. – it, so you can't you can't just say, oh, we're going to attack the New York State Party and assume you're going to kill it. Well, it's very, it's very easy to – so it's very easy, again, on the left side of things to, to say, oh, my God, you know, just as we're getting power, the, the damn corporate Democrats are, are undermining us. Yes, there's an element to that. But, again, to our first point, the Working Families Party has put in the work – and created like a, a broad base, like you said, across multiple states. So there's so much of a threat that the the party is like, oh shit, we need a new third party. Like that's not a position of strength. That's they're shook. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I will say also with but going back to like the Democrats skipping out the Working Families Party. Like you know, we were pretty harsh on. Uh, the progressives on working families party and the leftists on yes uh that you know you need to buy in and if you want to get power if you get left out like look i i think monica wallace like i know her district is friendlier to her now and she's running against the same guy who ran against her last time um and he's an insane person but he almost won i mean on election day he was ahead it was the absentees came in to to put her ahead i think she's in real fucking trouble this year and it if she doesn't have the working families line, like I know, like the enrollment advantage is for her, but lacking the working families line is going to be hard. I think Burke will be safe. Uh, Karen McMahon is probably toast as she's running against Ed Rath. Well, and this is just an incredibly to me. If this is something to help Kathy Hochul in twenty twenty two to protect her because Jumani Williams is the uh, working families party candidate at this point, I I think it's just like so so short short sighted by. The uh, you know the the heads of the Democratic Party. Well, I mean, especially because like so we were just talking about like by pushing and and making sure that the Working Families Party existed and was a real party and had influence on the Democratic Party. You gave liberals, leftists, you know, progressives a natural spot to go to be members of the committee, a party to enroll in, so they wouldn't do what we were advocating, which is take over ECDC. Like you said, like, instead of taking over ECDC, I'll be working families members, have your own party, it'll be fine. Like, the, that's, what the, that's what 
Kathy Hochul and Jay Jacobs want you to do is to be a member of the Working Families Party because then you can't take away their power. Yep. Yep. So, like, and and to, so now, because Working Families is, you know, as far as they're, they're concerned, getting a little too big for its britches, now they're talking about creating a new third party. Right. Which, again, to me, just, like, screams of, holy shit, we are so scared of the power of the Working Families Party that we need to find a way to try to undermine it also just like looking from it like from the outside like if you were trying to explain to a foreigner the two-party system in the united states and you said yeah in this particular state one of these two parties which theoretically already has access to like half the pie wants to create a third party to come to fight against them aj you've got you've got family not from america and I'm sure they're familiar with American government and politics or whatever. But do you like? Do you ever? Do you ever get people, um, you know, who are just like, "What the hell is going on in America? What's going on with your like political system?" Every family member I talk to asks that as the first question. <laughs> I, it, it's it's hard to answer. I mean, I'm sure any of you that have you know family members that are in, in, in a different part of the world, it's the same where they're like. Like, are you okay? That's the first. Like, are you okay? Like, as she said on the news, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, no, it's cool. I'm still, you know, out here grocery shopping, walking my dog. Life is good. Um, but to them, yeah, this place seems like a nuthouse. Right. Well, it's actually, I saw a post uh, on social media this week that was, like, from somebody over in Europe. And they were like, Americans, I don't think you guys realize, like, your Florida man is American to the rest of the that's world. That's right. That's yep. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a case in point, probably for the last 20 years, when I have traveled, I've used my British passport. Mm-hmm. Smart. Okay. okay. I, I, I don't want to be in that situation. I've seen enough movies as a child to know that, like, in that movie, when the terrorists got on the plane, they were looking for American citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in the 80s. I'm old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. I think I know where you're putting down. So, so yeah. I mean, it, and, and that also gives you an excuse why you're so excited about Queen Elizabeth's Jubilee. Absolutely. <laughs> but make no mistake, there are Wait, times where you have do you, to. Do you think Queen Elizabeth is actually alive or are they propping her up right now? Ah, uh, man. It's a weekend at Bernie's house. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They, they spent way too much money on that. Was it the Sapphire Jubilee this uh, year? Yeah. Uh-huh. They, they've, they've already sunk in so much money. Like, they uh-huh. can't let her. Like, Boris Johnson just can't let her die. So he's going to be out there uh, dancing to I Want to Dance with Somebody. <laughs> You remember that time they CGI'd her and James Bond together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they well, what, did it once. All right, what about this theory? What if, what if they've like injected her with nanobots, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be like a uh, Judgment Day type situation? Oh, oh. I thought maybe maybe or or like, queen, they're like her queen. The queen gets corrupted, and she's like, well, you have a rich life of the mind. this is weed that. AJ has given me. Yeah, okay. it's yeah. It's, um, it's it's a Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black situation. Oh, okay. oh there, yeah. there's some sort of like giant space insect in in her. Oh, in, maybe that's in what skin you could, suit. Yeah, in a Queen Elizabeth suit. I used to work with someone who looked like that guy. But anyway, um, no. So do we do we owe a mea, knows. do we owe a mea culpa here, Jim? I uh, I, I think we do. Um, I mean. <laughs> If 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 we were recording this before Jeff's story came out, we owed owed more of a major mea culpa than we do now because now we see like, yes, ECDC was shitheads and like and the elected officials going out for office this year were uh, shitheads about it to a certain extent. 
basically saying like we're going to take our ball and go home and we're not going to try we're not going to build on the momentum we have and try to get influence in this party I don't, like that's and also like also like outside of like the state stuff knowing like ecdc showed their hand very early with missy hartman mm-hmm. the county clerk's race was a wide open opportunity for the leftist in erie county to come up with a candidate and run them and run a leftist candidate in a three-way Democratic primary where you have Republican Mickey Kearns and Republican Missy Hartman mm-hmm. running on the Democratic Very good line. chance of winning a three-way, right? Yes. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Maybe you think we're a bunch of sicko libs here if you're listening. You know, maybe you're left of Lenin and you're like, oh, here are the, the friggin' libs going again talking about elections. I'm sorry. Like that is Those are the level, levers of power that we have. So if you find it to be important, like what you say is this sucks. Nobody wants to run for anything. It is insanely dehumanizing and can be incredibly demoralizing. And yet I view this cause as important enough to do that. And if you don't do that, if you're not running people who are doing that, then you know, you're fucking Missy Hartman's who are candidates. You don't view as favorable yet still are the ones putting in the goddamn work. And right. Running. Yeah. And the other thing to me was like, Based off the article that Jeff wrote, it, it seemed like there was a little bit of, well, we've tried and it hasn't worked. And I was like, you haven't, like, it takes a long time. Like, two years in the middle of a pandemic, especially, is not mm-hmm. enough time to get your message out there and get to people door to door. It's going to take a longer time. Well, and this, I mean, not to go too far into like the national democratic, um, uh, you know, inner, inner workings, I should say. But, there was something that came out recently, or I saw a tweet today, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's an old story, but I think the tweet has gained a lot of traction as of late. Um, a, a meeting between Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders in 2018, where, I, I'm paraphrasing, but Obama told Sanders, you know, you're a prophet. You are the moral voice of the Democratic Party, but prophets can't be kings. Um, and, you know, kings have to make choices, the kind of choice that prophets don't make yeah, he's full of shit well but let's let's talk about that because right. that's that's getting a lot of traction as like oh barack obama's uh, you know a shithead full of shit um mm. for that kind of take yeah. and while i think it's a, a very imperious way to talk to like it's just your if to me it's max of talking down to fucking bernie yeah, sanders right. who's like a 80 million year old guy who's been in senate for you know half your lifetime at least uh barack obama but it's like to me, it's the kind of thing where, well, on a certain level, that is kind of true. Like you, you do need to like, and, and I don't mean it from like the actual, whatever Bernie Sanders politics are not viable or, or that he couldn't be a viable presidential candidate or whatever. What I mean is that there are choices that you have to make, like as a you know elected official, whatever, even as minor of a level as the fucking Erie County clerk. Um, but you do have to you have you you have to go from being like moralist to being like okay I I have to win I need to get power right and, and, although my criticism would be that clearly Bernie's actually shown he understands a little bit because mm-hmm. he's been mayor of Burlington and now a U.S. senator sure. yes. so he understands that you have to like like look the guy has a pretty good positive rating by the from the NRA I mean he 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 understands sometimes you have to grab at different levers and you can't go for the totally pure um, but like. I think you know Barack Obama has a, a, a certain point to it where he calls him a prophet. That like, if and this has happened to a certain extent across the country, Bernie's uh, campaign six years ago activated and energized a lot of 
left latent leftists throughout the country and got them more involved in the political process. But unfortunately, because he was running at such a high level, he got them involved at like the premier position and it didn't trickle down to getting them involved in the grassroots stuff. And it's counter to what's happened on the far right in this country where they got involved at the, at the, the base level and it's led to them getting more and more victories and the left left has not gotten involved as uniformly across the country in the base level. And it's until they do, they're not going to get the victories that they want. And they're not going to have the same success that the, the their counterparts on the far right have. It's just and, and here local just to tie it back locally, of course. I mean, India Wal- India Walton lost. Um, we were not happy about that fact, and because it meant one that one that Byron Brown was going to continue to be our mayor in the city of Buffalo for another term, but two that we really liked India Walton and we thought she'd be an effective and capable leader and believed in her political vision. She lost. And that is a fact that I think that there's still a lot of progressives leftists have not reckoned with that Jim to me in, in Western New York. And I'm not, you, you all pay attention to the news. You know, she lost the election, but it's almost like a like a cargo cult type of thing that you know that I, I see the the tweets out there that are almost like well Buffalo failed and we we've talked a little about this before but I, I just that attitude of Buffalo failed India Walton that India Walton's campaign couldn't make any mistakes that oh man she was you know she was gonna lose it from the moment she started playing the game but here's the thing is that. One hundred percent with with every inch of my being, I both think and feel that if India Walton had gotten the endorsement from the Democratic Party to start with, there would be no writing campaign for Byron Brown to challenge her. All right, and so that's the type of stuff when the you know they're quoting people and they're talking about how well they're not going to do the committee; they're focusing on primary people for Common Council next year. What if you didn't have to run a primary? What if you had the votes on the committee to just endorse the person you want and you shut them out of power? If if India Walton had the Working Families line and the Democratic line in the primary as the endorsed candidate last year and then won the Democratic primary, there would be no fucking right in. She would be mayor right now because you would you would use your power, your ability to organize and you would cut off those other people and you would prevent them from having any grasp at the power, levels of power. You would have had your victory. So to say, well, we didn't get our victory and she got screwed, which she did. I mean, she, she definitely got rat fucked by a fair amount of members of the Democratic Party, you know, in cahoots with the Republican Party. Um, right. But if you, if you actually said like, okay, well, we're going to take over, I don't know, she won Maston. If you took over the Maston district and said, we're going to endorse our candidate, I mean, okay, uh, you you probably have a councilman then. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, like if, I'm just saying if you drop out, and, and maybe I sound like a fucking boomer. I don't care. Whatever. It, you, once you drop yourself out of the political process, meaning I know the game is rigged, so why even bother? Then why the fuck did you bother with the Indy Walton campaign? Well, the other thing and a realistic thing that I want to say is that like not just politics but literally anything 
If you're like, all right, we do this regularly, we do this regularly, we do this regularly, and we're going to take this year off. I hope everybody comes back the following year. Nobody's fucking coming. Like, you get some people come back, but you're going to lose a lot. You had spent a couple of years building up all this momentum and, and recruiting people and, and, and getting the resources. And you're going to be like, all right, well, this year we're going to take over and we're going to put your names on the ballot. All of these people, you can't get much higher buy-in than putting somebody's actual name on a fucking piece of paper and having somebody sign it say they get on the ballot. Well, and it's such a shame, man, because they've built up such like leading into that Walton campaign. There's an incredible brain trust of, you know, left socialist thought leaders here who are really working together. And a large part of why that Walton campaign, they well, why it was so successful, they won the fucking Democratic primary like your leftist candidate who you would say would never pass the fucking muster in a you know in in buffalo in western new york won the democratic primary of western new york a, a, a woman who a black woman no less who to this day described herself as a democratic socialist that's radical that is a huge fucking coup for your movement it would be asinine to let that fall apart now it would be ridiculous so if you're a left-leaning person, if you're a fan of India Walton, if you just believe that progressive politics need to be represented, like, I, I would say now is not the time to just let that shit fall, like, completely apart. So there's one person who helped out on the India Walton campaign who's running for committee, our, our friend of the pod, Adam Bojack. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes. Hey, he count, was, count one for the cause. He was he was quoted yeah. about, uh, about running, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, good for him for getting right. out there and getting involved in the committee. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's He's probably in Niagara district, probably another committee that the leftists could have taken over. Yeah. And again, I, I get why people want to throw in the towel on this fucking whole politics thing. We just had a, an amazing story out of Albany, Jim, <laughs> where, you know, it, it turns out all might not be well in, in Kathy Hochul's house, or <laughs> at least in the house of uh, the lieutenant governor. No, well, there, uh, there's there's two things that happened that made me tweet that it was a pretty good week for Jamani Williams, mm-hmm. and you know, and he actually had to spend some of it campaigning in Buffalo, which I'm sure was not high on his list when you know 18 million people live in New York City and there's 23 million people in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so uh, <laughs> Brian Benjamin, we hardly knew ye as lieutenant governor. Oh wow, uh, yeah, he wasn't around very long, was he? No, no, I, I mean. Longer than William Henry Harrison was president, but I mean that's. <laughs> Did you hear the story, AJ, about the the New York governor? So, Kathy Hochul, you know, is the governor, obviously, mm-hmm. but her lieutenant governor, a gentleman by the name of Brian Benjamin, got arrested recently. So, the fucking second in command of New York State, previously Kathy Hochul's job, by the way. Yeah. Um, he re- well. Brian Benjamin resigned following his arrest in a federal corruption investigation. Right, he did. He did turn himself in. They didn't show up to like the lieutenant governor's house and like, uh, like arrest him. Although I'm sure there's a lot of like shitheads on Staten Island who are wishing that they could have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the the basically the story was that he was running for a New York City office, mm-hmm. and New York City has pretty robust uh, public financing for their elections, where they provide matching funds. So he was working with at least one businessman to get donations that were in excess of the campaign limits. So he would have more access to more matching funds from the state or from the city and then refunding. Like what he got like a a massive donation from like this guy's like two year old granddaughter. 
Pro- probably did not actually have that kind of money, right? <laughs> right, probably yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, she's pretty good at crawling, but like, <laughs> just started walking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah it's, her unboxing videos on YouTube are not popular. <laughs> and so he turned himself on. Him. So well, so, so yeah. Apparently, the heat got onto his uh, associate here, um, and he started to turn on the lieutenant governor pretty quickly. And the lieutenant governor was like, uh, uh Oh, mm-hmm. one of the other things that he's now hit for. So, um, like this, this all happened in like one day, like it, like nine o'clock in the morning. He like announced that like he was turning himself in and, uh, and like by like four o'clock he was resigning. It was also, by the way, coincidentally the day after the deadline to, uh, decline your spot on the petitions. No. Uh, so that timing is not coincidental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so now the only way he can be knocked off the petition for lieutenant governor of New York State is he has to run for another office, which is too late. The petitions are to end. Uh, move to another state. I guess that's an option. It's actually the one the Democrats are pursuing. Or three, and this is probably his least favorite option, die. If he dies, they can like, take him <laughs> off the ballot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian Benjamin. And, but yeah, one other thing. So Nick Langworthy the attacks are like, Kathy Oko, like, she doesn't even know how to vet. Well, one of the things on that he, in his indictment, is that he lied on his vetting forms to the governor's team. Oh, well, okay. That, so he, that, oh, no, no, everything here is on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing uh, that we don't necessarily have on the board, but like, that's a good week for Giovanni Williams is that, so, so this happened on the 12th with Brian Benjamin. On the next day, on the 13th, Tom Suozzi, who is the New York State congressman yeah, from yeah, downstate, yeah. Uh, had a press conference. Beating the shit out of Kathy Hochul and how like she's unethical and she should endorse his candidate for lieutenant governor for lieutenant governor or whatever. Okay, fine, whatever. He has that rhetoric. The next day, a story breaks in New York that he's being invested by the House Ethics Committee for not reporting his stock transactions. Whoopsie. <laughs> oh well. Okay. And and then the day after that, I mean, it was it was a good day for like I said, or a good week for Giovanni Williams. The day after that. Uh, Swazi's on like a right wing radio show and he says like favorable things like it's understandable for the Florida don't say gay bill. He's running in the Democratic primary in New York State. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, fuck, man, all this is not to get back to the left conversation, but like Jumani Williams is like. He has a fighter's chance. Right. And which now they did show up for him this week when he was in Buffalo because he showed up uh, with, uh, with uh, India at Delaware and Chippewa for the Starbucks workers for uh, their union. Um, so, I mean, you know, he was in town this week in Buffalo and, you know, he's hitting the leftist spots. And he's, but, like, again, back to the conversation, like, yes, he's got the working families endorsement and, yes, he's, he's an actual leftist. He's running in the Democratic primary. I mean, he's being a realist about it. He knows if he wants to win the election, he's not winning on the working families line. Right. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll follow that pretty closely as we get more towards the primary. But I definitely think that Kathy Hochul's fucking lieutenant governor getting busted. And, and aren't they trying to? So currently, he can't he can't get off the ballot. Right. Like right. I, like like I said. Like right. There's, there's three ways. Like he can run in for another office. It's too late for the petitions, and he's not a lawyer, so he can't run for judge. But did, now, I believe somebody, there was an assembly member who tried to introduce a bill to get that changed, right. that he could resign. Right, it's a, a little too late in the, in, the, in the game for that. Yeah, uh, it's 
it's not not going to happen. So, you know, Brian Benjamin, he's going to be on the ballot. But, well, they are trying, like, Jay Jacobs and Kathy are trying to convince him to move. Which is crazy to me, like, because, like, he was indicted in a federal court. Like, they probably don't want to, like, yeah. it's my understanding as part of his release, he's allowed to travel to Albany. Well, maybe not anymore. He was allowed to travel to Albany because he had job duties there. He's no longer lieutenant governor. And other, way, other than that, he had to stay in Queens because that's where he's from. I don't know what part of that says move to another state. Oh, he's going to Jersey. He's going to get some pizza. <laughs> Jersey pizza is what's up. Well, there's, um, I mean, we're talking again, like we're, we're in this, we're, we are in the mud in the thick of it. This is like the political stuff, AJ. You, you had the fun with us while we record the 420 episode. So you gotta be, you gotta be in the mire, in the, in the, in the muck. Okay. But one of the we're, we're talking about those people who are in Western New York. They're exerting their political power. Mm-hmm. How about the workers at the Starbucks union? How about them? In uh, what's his name's voice? Uh, the, the 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 big dude, DJ Khaled. Mm. Oh right. A, in the voice of DJ Khaled, another one. Yep. <laughs> man, I mean, lighting it up here in, in West New York, lighting it up across oh, the country. Oh, nationally. I mean. Uh, so so i mean uh, we how- just ha- we just had another two more stores recently vote to uh, our boy howard schultz he decided to end the stock buyback program uh, because of the unionization effort oh maybe we should invest in our employees a little bit well uh, he, uh, he also said that his most latest tactic yeah, is to yeah. say that uh, we may be uh in increasing benefits for employees that are not union right. but we can't increase them for the union employees because they have to negotiate it their increased yeah, benefits yeah, separately whatever but it seems like most starbucks workers are like we can see through that bullshit uh-huh. like, yeah. it's total bullshit don't yeah. fall for it we had two stores in the in the local area two more uh vote to unionize right so it was i believe the was the chippewa one yeah delaware and chippewa which is where uh jumani williams and and india walton were at right I made mean, a few in rochester too yeah and uh, yesterday there was one that like or the day, uh, yeah yesterday it was made official I think uh, one in mm-hmm. uh, Pennsylvania like outside of, or in Philly yeah. uh, unanimous yep. so it was, I, they yeah. liked, like they didn't have to so count twice they're going down like dominoes sorry yeah. sorry Howard Schultz but uh, one thing you know we follow state politics and state happenings right you know the Staten Island vote for Amazon unionization mm-hmm. there was that too yeah. so props to them for overcoming monumental odds right I mean, I mean Starbucks. Got caught with her pants down and then, like, was pretty inept. Like, it was very mm-hmm. Keystone Cops, their way of being anti-union. Yeah. Uh, Amazon really has their act together on their, mm-hmm. and their anti-union. Yes. And they still lost in Santa Island, yep. which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. They lost to a guy that they fired for they, union organizing. They've got people shook. Yeah. They've got yeah. The, 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 these, like you said, C-suite people are shook right. across the nation because right. of that. Well, and and I mean again, like it's David and Goliath. Whether it's Starbucks, we've talked about some of the conditions at Starbucks um, on the show multiple times, or it's Amazon, where you hear all these crazy stories about people can't even use the bathroom uh, while they're on yeah. the floor that they're pissing in fucking jars. Right. Like, okay, if you're a Starbucks, or you're an Amazon, and you know you're putting your people through this kind of meat grinder, you've done this to yourself. Yeah, you you've truly this is like. I get it. Your model was I need to maximize profit at the expense yeah. of these yeah. human beings. Quit, and, quit fucking pl- trying to play fifth dimensional chess. Right. And, and, and act with compassion. Treat people with humanity for fuck's sake. Well, that's what you get. I mean, look, it's a product of I, I think had you Starbucks. You can only go so far doing that. Right. I think had Starbucks not pushed their people so fucking hard through the pandemic, especially 
they probably wouldn't have a union bubbling up and it wouldn't be a nationwide effort. I think it would be something where, you know, they do offer a generous healthcare or more generous healthcare than <laughs> any other coffee yeah, place. Sure. Uh, let, let's any face other it. Fast food place. Sure. Right. But at the same time, they knew that they were putting their people just through virtual just meat grinder as as the pandemic raged on. Same thing with fucking Star or uh, Amazon, excuse me. Amazon, yeah, you get your package in two days, but the the people and you don't even get your package in two days anymore. Um, right. Well, and the, and who the, needs it? Who the, needs it in two days? Well, I mean, like across the the, the country, like. Places are intentionally understaffing and minimize staffing as much right. as possible and making people do as much work. Because, like, Amazon, like, Amazon, they were smart enough that they weren't going to violate federal law. They weren't telling people you can't take a bathroom break. What they were saying, though, is, like, you have to sort X amount of packages per hour. If you don't, you can be fired for it or you can be, like, there's some negative effect on your job. So it's a, we're not saying you can't take a bathroom break. But we hope you can sort faster than is humanly possible when it, you know when you get back from your bathroom break so you can catch up. Yeah, right. It's just it's just to me like, hey, whether you're pro union, anti union, wh- whatever, whatever you are, I think you can. And, and probably let's be real, 100 percent of the people probably listening to the show are, are pro union, just knowing knowing our audience. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is like, you're looking at through through a, a neutral fucking lens here. You push people. And you put them in those kind of conditions long enough, of course that sort of thing's gonna happen. Like it it's just a reaction. It's more it's like a chemical reaction. Like you put this in here and it's gonna expand out. And and that's what you're gonna get from people wanting to better their conditions. Right. Certainly. Well and, and I I think like I think this is something that was probably a long time coming with you know, late stage capitalism. But I do think that the pandemic brought this to a head. Uh, because a lot of these terrible jobs like uh, hard jobs were either cut off during the pandemic so people were temporarily laid off or, or just permanently laid off um and then you also had people like who weren't necessarily in these like frontline blue collar jobs but maybe more white collar jobs who started to work from home and people started to realize that there was a better way to live their lives than the like crazy ways that capitalism was abusing them because like you know what where like these workers rights erosions really started was like in the 80s with reagan but it was very slow like you know the frog in the the pot of water that you turn on and it slowly goes to a boil and the frog dies well the pandemic took the frog out of the water and then capitalism tried to throw it back in and the frog is jumping out now because it now it realizes like this is not right this is too hot um and it's it's taking a lot of like these c-suite people a long time or maybe they'll never catch on that like you you just can't run people like you 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 can't just view them as a minimum expense they're assets right on a balance sheet yep right not right well i think that's all well i got one more thing oh, I have so so we're 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 on that health site twitter quite a bit right mm-hmm. you know we're 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 on there quite a bit we get a lot of our information for the podcast on twitter uh, we got some Elon Musk drama, right? So oh, he right. he offered to purchase Twitter for forty three billion dollars, and and my question is, we gave him a billion dollars for his shitty Gigafactory. You think he could give that back? If he's got that much money to throw around. Would you like to live in Elon City, AJ? Well, well, hold on, hold on. He he can pay us back for that that. Uh, 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 that industrial park or whatever the fuck it is, South Park, or, yeah. Or, or he can give us the full forty-three billion, and we can change the name of the city to Must City. Mm-hmm. 
I would live. What's in that smell? City. Yeah, we yeah. all get like he a doesn't get any hair. He doesn't get any oh. say. Oh, sure, right. He doesn't get any say how the city's run, but he has to give us the money, right? And full that's, heads of hair, right? And full heads yeah. of hair, right? Full heads it's it's kind of sure. like the Oshai Children's Hospital. It's the Musk City of Buffalo. Yeah, we're 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 gonna solve alopecia, I'm, right? I'm in. I get mm-hmm. a Tesla too out of this somehow. I'd say, I'd say so. Yeah, why not? Uh, there, there, maybe one to, to share. Right. Okay. As long, I mean, th- those do, you know, explode and run over people. If but it's Musk if, City, you, if you're okay with are, that. Yeah, aren't they just like, there's just there's self-driving cars mm-hmm. everywhere. You just hop in one whenever. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like again, like we can change the, the city's nickname from, or the city's slogan from talking proud to can you smell it. <laughs> talking about Cheerios, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're Musk City, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Well, I am excited for our, our future overlord, Elon Musk, to take us over here. Mm-hmm. So, and then I've got one, the one thing I wanted to bring, oh, yeah. which, which was uh, there was a very poorly mathematized uh, <laughs> yeah. letter to the editor this week in the Buffalo News. Oh, here okay. we go. Uh, there, somebody wrote in about how you know, the... State and county are giving $850 million to the Pagulas to build a stadium. And there's only like 23 or 24 million people in New York State. So why not give that money to the residents of New York State so that we could do whatever. So we could we could get a full head of hair and a Tesla because we'd have so much money. Because according to their math, $850 million divided by $25 million is about a million dollars per person. <laughs> he just divided by 25, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, right? F, yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Right, well, he missed a few zeros. Right, but rounded to 25 <laughs> yeah. up yeah. to, like, 85. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right, because, like, if you just divide by 25, it's, like, over 3 million per person, not a million. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. But if you divide by 25 million, I'm catching up. It's, it's like, $30 a person. Okay. <laughs> Can we still- get his math on my taxes? <laughs> <laughs> you know the IRS is also understaffed. You might be able to get away with that. Right, yeah. Yeah. We are not advocating for tax fraud. No, no tax fraud. No <laughs> do tax not, fraud. Please do not don't. defraud your taxes. This is all in jest. I'm on right. the up and yeah, up. Yeah, no. D- intentionally you know. don't learn math and then yeah. just do your taxes. Yourself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> don't carry that one. Oh well, this has been uh, this has been a fun one as always, gentlemen. We're good to be back. And uh, huge shout out. First off, to our guest, AJ, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, guys. Where can we find you on the uh, the internet, the the Twitters? Find me on Twitter, Pac-Man Rye. Okay. Find you. You got anything? You got anything? Uh, any uh, irons in the fire or anything cooking? Any big projects? Yeah, n- um, not a cop restaurant. Not a cop restaurant, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm definitely heavily involved in seeing how uh, recreational uh, comes to term with licensing. Um, where they're going to go. I'm very interested in community-based things that they're doing there. Um, when, when's the AJ, when, when is the business? Are you going to get into the business of uh, marijuana we'll someday yourself? Next podcast. Yeah. We'll have a lot to talk about. 420-2023, we'll talk about That's it. That's right. right it's, uh, Look for it here. AJ's going to be dressed like, uh, this space. like Mr. Moneybags from Monopoly. He's going to have the monocle. <laughs> no, no, sir smokes a lot. <laughs> Mr. Smokes a lot. <laughs> oh, and thank you again to our uh, bustling discord community you guys uh keep us up to date and keep us really uh well entertained and also to our of course patreon patrons who huge shout out you paid for our pizza today 
uh, which is so clutch. I didn't eat dinner. Yes. I needed that fucking pizza. I'm just excited to have more of that pizza once we're done recording oh, here. Oh, for sure. So thank you so much. If you're interested in contributing to our Patreon, we're Patreon, the Square Podcast, um, on Patreon, I should say. And we, we, I used to tell people where you could listen to us. I haven't done that in a while because I figure you're already listening to us. But just to bring that old uh, chestnut back, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, the biggest one. They're on, um, we're on all of them. We're Stitcher's on all of them. On Stitcher. Yeah. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you tell your friends, hey, there's this... Uh, Really great podcast, or hey, there's this really shitty podcast. You need to listen to it to make. We're fun the number of it. one hit on Google, I think, and I'd even try to do that. Mm-hmm. So Pretty crazy. <laughs> so tell your friends where to listen to us. Come hang out with us down at the square. We uh, we love you, baby. <laughs>